Hey you, don't do that, do this. My name's Bob Gordon, welcome to Hibernation, a podcast about how people are getting on with life and being creative during this isolation period known as COVID-19. I'm joined by Jay Watson, aka Gum, all the way from Beaconsfield near Fremantle. Jay, how are you doing? I'm very good. You'll just put a an album out quite uh, appropriately for the time called Out in the World because it's out there now. Um, so, okay. h- how's it feel um, releasing um, new work into the wider world, especially given the isolated nature of, of what all our lives in recent months? Um, yeah, I mean, it feels great. It's good to be able to just sort of um, move on in a way, you know. But um, I'm still really proud of this one. Um, I think um, often I make records and they finish. So sorry, I'm just moving to different. <laughs> often I um, finish the records so long before I put them out that by the time they come out, I'm sort of I'm a bit over them, you know. Yeah. Um, and this one's maybe been a year since it's been mastered, but I'm still really, uh, I still really like it. You know, I'm, I'm proud of it, and I uh, there's still little bits that I've, it's it's kind of cool actually. It's, there's little bits I've forgotten that I did, you know, when I listen to it now. Okay. When I listen to it the day it came out. So, yeah, I don't know. It's great. So, you kind of re- reacquaint yourself with it. And, and you, you said you listened to it the day it came out. that sort of thing in mind when do you um, know that you've finished the album because I mean you could do it you could keep going and going uh, you know just yeah, panning sure. I suppose um, when, do, when do you know it's time to let go and, and, and let it be um, I, to be honest I think that's that's one of the most important skills you can have as as, um, as someone that makes me as a creative in general really like any art um, it's not necessarily it doesn't necessarily um, equate to how much work you've put in you know how good something uh, is often it's like you might spend a day on something and then um, and then to play with it any more than that would ruin would ruin the, the magic of it you know other things um, I've mixed for 18 months <laughs> yeah other things I wrote 10 years ago and could never get sound right on records and um and there's one song on this album, Don't Let It Go Out, which is, I tried to put on the first gun album. Um, and it just never, you know, never made it on there. Right. Well, what do you think it um, it is, it, for, say for a song like that, that, that's come out probably five to six years after it may have first kind of had its first kind of birth, that, I don't know, does it have to bake a while or you... You know, you have to be ready for the song, and then the song ready for you. Or I'm not sure. Um, a lot of songs can be packaged in like really different ways. You know, I think especially if you write them on something like keyboard, you know, it can be it can be completely electronic almost, or it can be like this, you know, like a more traditional sort of songy song. 
So a lot of the times I'll I'll try a song, I won't, it won't be my favourite on the record, but then a few years later I'll remember the chords or melody and try them in a complete, almost like a completely different genre or style, stylistic thing, and be like, actually, that's pretty cool. I might. So I think that one, maybe I was, I can't remember what I was trying to do, but I've re- redid it in this weird sort of like, the 80s jangly, like home recording sort of sounding thing, and it, and it really appealed to it, so I stuck it on. Being a multi-instrumentalist, like you're, you're a classically trained pianist, right? Well, not, no, not really. I went, <laughs> I did, I went to Whopper and did classical music, but that was actually for percussion. Okay, yeah. Um, I'm, I, yeah, I play, I can't, I, I kind of play, I play guitars and keyboards and drums and things like that. Yeah. But I, 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 I really don't consider myself that proficient on any of them. Like, like I can't play any other music. If you were like, can you play a Beatles song or can you play a Mozart song? I can't really do it. I can just play enough to get me by you know with the music I make and the bands I play for yeah but one day I, I would really love one day to actually get I mean I had piano lessons as a kid and drum lessons but I never you know never got that um, uh, what's the word not that formal that kind of thing no no I never got oh uh, yeah the drums are pretty serious actually I mean that was my as my grades got worse and worse that was that was my ticket to uni okay <laughs> What's your um, main writing instrument? Um, it changes. I mean, I, I try. I try and do. I try and use different things to force like different sorts of songs out. Often it's just on a keyboard. I've like I've like this little small keyboard in my house at the moment. Sometimes it's acoustic guitar. I like to write usually on guitar though. I'm just I like an electric guitar that's not plugged in yeah. because that way it doesn't. You're not. You, you don't. It can be any sort of, you know, it can be any sort of um, guitar song. It's not going to be an acoustic song necessarily. It's not going to be like a rock song. Whereas if you write something in acoustic guitar, it's really, it's like, you know, it's hard to write, it's hard to write a riff or it's hard to write something that's going to be electronic or something mm. when you've got an acoustic guitar. So I, like, I feel like an unplugged electric guitar is more open. It's just sort of a tool um, to get there. And then often I'll just sample stuff and either use the sample or I'll sample stuff, make a song up, and then just remove the sample. You know, but that was that was the um, that was like the catalyst for coming up with the song. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I've done yeah, I've I've done stuff before where it's like it'll literally be like a Bee Gees chorus or something, yeah. and I'll make a song around it and then just mute the you know the, the sample <laughs> and then that's the song. Um, and it and I'd be more sheepish about that, but the song ends up not really sounding at all like the song that had the sample in it in the first place, you know? It's just like a way of getting stuff. Of unlocking. Like, going, yeah. Yeah, yeah. I, I'd read an interview a couple of years ago, maybe in the time, around the time of the second album, and you said that of yourself that you're not a natural singer. How do you feel now? And, and am I right in saying that the vocals are a little more present this time? I think so. I mean, I definitely don't consider myself a natural singer. I mean, uh, natural singers to me are people that can't really sing out of tune yeah. um, like uh, Beyonce or <laughs> those perfect or like, pitch um, people even like even like um, Cam Avery who's in Tame Impala he, he's like a natural singer like he, he's his brain and his throat like he can't really sing wrong if that makes sense okay yeah. whereas people like me I have to concentrate every you know I have to like really focus every time the sound comes out of my mouth to make sure it's in tune and um, and sounds like half decent but I think that I know how to treat my voice and process it 
Well, I've read interviews where you're, you're asked about what you want your music to be like in relation to Tame Impala or Pond, but what about in your own context? Like, this is the fifth gum album. Um, do you, like, have a, an evolution in mind, or are they just happy to let them sit as, like, separate uh, entities at, you know, different points in time? Yeah, I mean, I don't... It's kind of a cross between being really ambitious with it and wanting people, you know, in 40 years or something to find it on YouTube. Um, you know, no matter how obscure or unpopular it is and just for to like blow someone's mind, you know. And then partly, there's no ambition at all and just making something that, like, I would listen to or I find appealing, you know. Yeah. Um, I think, like, I spend a lot of my life just sitting there on, YouTube or the internet or, or Spotify or whatever, just 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 digging for things, you know. Like I'm just obsessed with recording and um, and people's songs. So so for me, it's it's kind of not about trying to make the biggest best thing ever. It's just about capturing these little fragments of imagination um, and like presenting them in the best way that I can, so that a future or current, you know, sort of me, Jay Watson might hear something like that and, and, and be really into it, you know? Yeah. It's, I guess it's kind of just like keeping the the um, the cycle of, you know, finding cool music going constantly. That's yeah. kind of the way I see it. Yeah. Like I'm just part of a big... I mean, there's a lot of people making music, you know? There's far too many <laughs> <laughs> people making music. So I'm not, I, I don't pretend that what I do is like unique or special or anything, but I think... For me, it's just, as long if one person, if the equivalent of me in 2040 heard it and thought it was really cool, then that's kind of enough. I believe you write in sort of various moments of time or free time between like touring commitments or uh, or you might be um, on a plane with your laptop and your headphones sort of uh, mi- mixing tracks and things. Um, yeah. Are you, are you mindful of like, like a cohesion between tracks across an album? Um, given that you you have to come back to these things at different points along the timeline, or, or are you happy, uh, yeah, just to go with the flow? And, and each album is what it is in itself. Yeah, I think I'm mindful of it. I was thinking about it with this album. I was gonna, I was always gonna not put a song or two on this one just because they didn't, they seemed so out of place. But I find as long as there's somewhere else on the record that's similar. To, even if it's a really extreme point of it, like stylistically, as long as there's some something else that's like it's like a cousin of it on the same record, it, it, it works for me. Mm. I think the song Airwalking, which is like the second song in it, it's kind of like this like hip hop, vocoder mm. hip hop, like boombox <laughs> rock sort of thing. Um, that was one like like a real outlier, and I wasn't going to put it on, but then I convinced myself there was enough sort of like other bits of break beats and sort of like funk bits and you know like cousins of that song on the record that it worked you know yeah and I also just feel like I've made a lot of music for a long time and as arrogant as it sounds I've sort of earned the right to just put whatever I want on record you know yeah it's fair <laughs> as enough as, it, as, long as, as long as I'm keeping the standard up um, and the, the the annoying thing I think I find with, with my music or actually all our band music is um, you really go out on a limb sometimes stylistically and people still just will call it, I don't know, psych or, you know. I find whenever we do stuff that's like very clearly hip-hop inspired, 
the review will say disco or something like that, you know? Okay. I don't know why, I guess it's because we're... No, yeah, I don't know. But, but so I find you can go, you can take it further than you think people, the audience will uh, will get because people always somehow bend it back into their own impression of, of, you, of the music you make anyway, you know? Which is which is kind of um, liberating. That King Gizzard band, uh, um, King Gizzard, and they make like a metal album, and somehow it, it works in the end because it's them making it, and and people feed it back into you know whatever their narrative of them is. Well, you mentioned about uh, funk before. Alphabet Soup's a nice sort of seventies funk uh, sort of thing. What starts you in a mood to to uh, kick that off, and, and then uh, and keep it going? Um, that one was because I had just done a bunch of drums for a couple of songs at a friend's apartment when we were in New York. Um, and he's a drummer and he's an engineer and he's got, he had really nice drums and a really nice old tape machine. It was just in his tiny flat. And um, that sounded great. So I just ended up playing another like half an hour of random stuff um, just to have, you know, just to use. I'm kind of like a bit of a magpie with stuff like that. Like, I just try and get as many bits, clips of audio that I just save to a hard drive, you know, from all over the place, whether it's, like, people talking or me playing drums or stuff sampled off YouTube or just anything, and then I'll, like, you know, I'll, I'll like, magpie on it later. And there was, like, I don't know, 10 seconds of me trying to play the can beat, we call it, which is, like, which is the beat in that song. Yeah. And then I just made it. Like, I wanted, to, I wanted to use the beat, but I didn't really have a song. So it's just made this sort of song over. And I, there's a, I did that a couple of times on the record. Low to low, I did that too. I just had the drum machine beat. And it's good to break up the sort of song, you know, like the songs that were written just on acoustic guitar, sing a song, that to start with things like that. I think that, like, that stops it from being one note and, like, boring to me. It yeah. to, like, it's like the, having a bunch of songs that were generated in different ways, you know? Well, lot many tears to cry and down the dream of really, I've written down here 1968. It could be 1967, but they do have a, a whole different sort of 60s feel. So obviously, you have a deep love for all kinds of music and, and all kinds of eras. Well, yeah, many tears to cry was like just like acoustic guitar, you know, singing song. Right? But mm. then I was, I think I was listening to a lot of So Twins. Oh, yeah. so it's got, it gets really like kind of the 80s and like uh, some big gated drum uh, yeah I don't know I, I find that I don't like things that are obviously from one referencing one thing or one period of time or anything I, if it's fit, you know if it's feeling 60s or something like that I tr- try and smash it with something else yeah um, whether or not people realise it or not but yeah or I can hear it but um, yeah I, I, I try and always like have a kind of intersect with something else so it's not just pure um you know, a pastiche. So, um, let's go back to about March when the world went into its various lockdowns. So, Tame Impala had a raft of dates on the schedule. There were dates in the US and then a full Australian tour, which, which would have been the biggest um, Tame Impala's done, I think, with the, in the arenas. So, right. how, how did you feel when the calendar was suddenly cleared of all musical and sort of touring activities? Um, well, it's a weird one. Firstly, I think it's you, um, you know, that's your income for the year. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Secondly, um, I think it's a lot of people's livelihood for the year, especially with Tan Pilot more so than the other bands. It's like, you know, it's probably a hundred people or something that are employed by that band. Like, 
in, in, in all different, you know, fields. Mm. So, um, I mean, I've made that number up, but if you count all the crew and, and then all the and then management and then um, promoted, you know what I mean? It's like, yeah. It affects a lot of people. Yeah. So that it's kind of kind of a real bummer in that sense. For me personally, it's been, I've been a bit of a blessing in disguise just because I have a like six month old son now. Yeah. So I was going to be away all year, so it's been really nice. You know, ignoring all the work being taken away and stuff like that, it's just been really nice on like a personal level for me. Well, I mean, it's been a time of sort of stillness, I guess, which would be like a really, well, pretty perfect time to, you know, bond with your bond with your newborn baby. As a creative, do you kind of revel in isolation anyway? Um, uh, that that's the thing with, and just with doing this podcast and talking to mostly um, musicians, but different creatives. That at some point you you're isolated as you're you know, swishing around with your your art kind of thing, that isolation is a uh, a way of life anyway. Obviously not on tour, yeah, but... I think to some extent, for sure, yeah. I think for me in Perth, the only thing really that was different was I couldn't break up the, the, the work, <coughs> the creative stuff with going to the pub <laughs> a bit yeah, later at the yeah. end of the session. But other than that, yeah, I don't know, we, just, we still have heaps of stuff on, just remixes and... and, and and just heaps of working on other people's records and it feels the same in terms of like the stuff that I do when I'm not on tour it's it felt the same if not busier but um, it's just yeah the touring which is just such a huge part of my a lot of people's lives is sort of just yoinked away but yeah I, I think I, I think in general I'm a really um, like half glass full sort of person yeah um, so as soon as it was announced it was all off I like you know I, 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 I immediately just start thinking of all the things I can Do you think that you know having children, a spectrum experience, kind of changes your, I don't know, your view of the world and your view of your yourself and your place in the world, kind of thing? Do you think that will have an effect on your creativity um, or maybe your outlook in writing music? I mean, so, um, so we'll see. 
So you, you were born in Carnarvon and you grew up in Northern, so it's pretty, fairly rural. Um, yeah, I lived in Sydney in between for like five years, though. Oh, okay. So that's kind of weird, yeah. Oh, oh wow, okay. So, so My parents, my family's all from Sydney, like the, like the city too. Oh, right, okay. I'm actually not from WA and I have no relatives here, which oh. is really strange. Okay. And but, so, but I was born yeah. here and I've lived here most of my life. So what sticks in your mind about growing up? I mean, you know, pretty varied from, you know, northern to, to Sydney and, and but also music and learning, you know, several instruments when, when you were young. Was it music uh, became a big part of your life pretty early on? Yeah, I think, I, think the, I think the northern thing had a big part to do with it in that there's not much else to, to get distracted by. And I, I mean, not that I ever felt like I was like, I was like, right, I'm going to work really hard at this. It was just, um, you know, I was really bored. <laughs> like, I, I, we, I would spend a lot of time playing drums, you know, like six out, you know, just all day and keyboard all day. But I'd also, we'd also spend all day playing like test match cricket on the street, you know. Mm. Like, there's not, there's not stuff, there's no adventure world, there's no beach. There's not, um, there's not, there's nothing to do, you know, other than use your imagination. So I think that actually did have a huge impact on me, like deciding to do this or getting good at doing this. Mm. Um, like if you if you sit there in the middle of nowhere and play drums for long enough, you eventually get good at it. That, you know, and same with same with anything really. Yeah, yeah. Just um, jumping forth in time, but still quite rural. I, I have this memory, and it came up a couple of years ago on YouTube of, of Tame Impala uh, opening the Wave Rock Festival. Um, oh, yeah, yeah. I think it was I think it's about two thousand and eight, and I remember because we'd always it'd always start with everyone watching the AFL Grand Final, and then there'd be a Welcome <laughs> to Country, and then that year Tame Impala opened. And I think it was two thousand eight that's occurring to me, and and someone. Oh, yeah. Yeah. yeah, and someone dug it up and it was on YouTube and a few websites ran with that. But I, I remember it being there and, and also I remember because you were on drums at, at that point and that your bass drum kept on um, kind of pushing oh, yeah, forward. Classic. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, that's a classic. Yeah. Um, I felt like I struggled with that for about 10 years. <laughs> <laughs> now, that, now I'm in Pond, we have um, sandbags we put in front of the legs. We <laughs> take around with it, so I think it's essential. You need the sandbags or a brief or something. Good to see technology coming to the rescue. <laughs> exactly. Well, yeah, I, I think it's probably poor technique too. I don't know. I um, I was taught really well, but I would, as I stopped getting lessons and started drinking stuff like that, I think it all went out the window. Yeah. <laughs> Um, and so looking back, you know, that's what 12, 13 years ago or something. You've done five albums. Um, both bands have done numerous albums and played around the world has it gone fast um i guess so it's, it's pretty surreal thinking about it like that but um yeah no it seems to be faster each year i think a year felt like a long time back then mm. but i i'm really bad at um like reminiscing and remembering stuff like i wish i sort of paid more attention like i couldn't like people tell me about things festivals we played and places we went that i just have zero recollection of um, and we don't have much like documentation of it either, just because just because we weren't, you know, arrogant enough to think that we'd need to. You know yeah. what I mean? Um, we didn't think it like if I knew that Tame Impala was going to be as big as it was, 
<laughs> like I don't have, I don't have anything yeah from from both those like photos or records or lyrics and but I think it's kind of cool to uh, like I think if you're a band starting now there'd just be so much like uh, you know I don't I don't even know if I had a phone I mean I know people had phones I know people probably even had almost iPhones by that point but I don't think I did we certainly didn't have um, a computer at our house or anything mm. um, 2008. We used like to go to the internet cafe, like just uh, just off um, next to the train station in the city, next to that. I think it's Tackers or Oceans. Oh yeah. Um, yeah, and like go and like Google us just to see, like the, you know, when it, when it first when the first EP came out, I'd like Google the Google the press. Yeah. <laughs> just pretty weird. Yeah, well, I think what you know that was shot with the. Well, the, with an actual camera, there weren't there weren't uh, very good camera phones. Uh, they probably were yeah, two thousand. Like cam, yeah, camcorder. Yeah, yeah. Which sort of says uh, how how long ago that was, I guess. But yeah, and and so just to in wrapping up, what it's hard to make plans because we don't quite know what the new normal is or what it will be. And I, I know the Tame Impala tour is um, rescheduled at this point for December. Um, what about you, you, yourself and your plans for the album? Is, is there, do you think there'll be a chance to play some live dates? I mean, I'd love to. I've never really had time before just because of the other band. So if we can start playing in Australia again soon, I'll probably actually have more time than I've ever had to, 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 to do some gum stuff, um, which would be really cool, you know, just over East and in Perth. Because um, you, you did play some. Da- I mean, it's, sorry, go on. Yeah, you did play some dates some years ago when, when uh, Jen Aslett and Ali Flintoff was that. Yeah, I did. Yeah, yeah. Was that just in Perth or was that in Melbourne? Too? No, we did some over east. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, that was great. I did a session the other day too with um, Scarlett, who was on that tour, and Jean, who plays in Bond. I just kind I, 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 I'll do solo stuff. Sometimes Jean and I did a two piece. You know, I'd love to have like a six piece band. Mm. I, I like to keep I like to keep it um, the gum thing like changing you know kind of like quite fluid um, you know just because it's it's hard to it's really hard to play depending on what setup you've got you can play certain songs from this project you know some of the stuff's like pretty much completely electronic and some of it's like like a rock band you know so depending on what you've chosen to do that dictates the set list mm. I'd love to have like enough people and enough money to kind of be able to play all the songs, you know. Mm. Have someone someone with an MPC and then also, you know, two guitars, you know, all that, like to cover it all. But, um, yeah, I don't know how that's going to work. But one day, I think I'll just keep putting out the records and then when I go on tour, you know, if I play the best two or three songs of each record, it'll be a pretty good set. And um, in the meantime, just um, grow up with your, your son. Well, Jay Watson, thank you for hibernating with me on Hibernation. No worries, thanks for having me. Thanks for joining me on Hibernation. Until the next time, look after each other. We're worth it. Bye.